0: Oh, Recorded live. Hello, this is Michael Adams from Nothing But the Truth. We're going to do another episode of part five of Are We Under the Mark of the Beast? Um before I get started, I'll do the usual read the some of the headlines from Yahoo.com. Um <clears throat> Let's see. San Francisco Archbishop to Pelosi, no Catholics can dissent on abortion. Uh, Yeah, that's from uh, newsmax.com, so something worth looking into. Mm here we go. A lot of things. Huh. Sorry for the delay here, folks. This is kind of a slow day for once, which is uh good. It means uh I got other things. Focus on oh yeah, there is one I definitely want to. Uh, Philippines once again are in the news. Philippines versus China in the South Chinese Sea legal showdown. The next stage, the Philippines closely watched um, arbitration case against Chinese maritime claims will come in March. um, Which. Wonder well, if there's any connection with the reason why the Pope showed up so soon, <clears throat> or this year was it more than just about paying homage to the victims of the uh, the disaster they had the year before? As uh, Vatican revisits divorce, many Catholics long for acceptance. Okay, more about this divorce being a Catholic. Um, yeah. com. Pope reportedly holds private audience with transgender man. Pope Francis meet, met privately with a Spanish transgender man gender man, this weekend, according to a new report featured in Washington Blade. And um, I think we're going to leave it at that. But, you know, it makes you think certainly makes you think what is the Pope supposed to be the the moral representative and uh, the representative of Christ uh, uh, having private audiences with a transgender man so not to say that they uh, are less than the rest of us but certainly is not in line with the teachings that's in the Bible um yeah, you know, last time I was with you folks, we were doing this show, we were talking, we ended with uh, the fourth period that began with uh, King uh, Pippin of the Franks, and this was a prophecy, according to Adam Clark, that in, that's dealing with the 1,260-year period that we find in the Bible. And that supposedly would end in 2015. Well, I've done a lot of research as best as I could. could find hardly anything. I talked to a few folks that I uh, respect as far as their scholarly efforts to, to understand biblical prophecy, and none of them really take it too serious, this fourth period. Um <clears throat> and M. Clark's contention that uh, the end of the 1,260-year period would be 2015. I've already found much in there, so I don't know what to say about that. It is interesting to note, though, that he is suggesting in his uh, predictions that there would be the demise of the papacy. We have the papacy coming to Washington, D.C., to have a uh, joint session of both the Congress and Senate. It would be the first time ever that uh, a religious leader, let alone uh, the Pope, would do such a thing so much for separation of church and state. But um, could it be the beginning of the demise, this relationship that they have created and developed over the the past two centuries with Washington D C and it's you know, the Jesuit influences there, uh, the Roman Catholic influence that just dominates all the aspe- all aspects of the federal government and dwarf the quote unquote Jewish influence. Um, I don't like time will tell. Uh, could be. It could be prophetic, I don't know. I do not know, but uh, I'm sorry for not giving you a very satisfactory answer to the question. And uh, as far as you know, finding anything that was could really substantiate and back uh, Clark uh, prophetic prediction. Um, only time will tell. But it will be an interesting year, regardless. 2015 is going to be a very interesting year. Interesting year. Um, Yeah, in the last show we talked a little bit about, you know, what is the mark of the beast? And we talked, uh, could it be something to do with the Social Security card and how, what, anywhere from 130 to 170 countries, depending on what number you want to take and who you want to um, uh, take it from. and um, Was it the ISSA? ISSA. Um, that organization... It has a list of all the countries and their names that are under a social security system, um, some sort of it. Um, is it a identif- identification card? Is it a chip? Is it um, something more or something greater? Um, the more and more I study this and research this, uh, one of the things I, I, f- I find that it, it, ha- it must be more than that, Certainly, we are under, as far as temporarily, uh, the rule of Rome, and we talk about the barcode and the 66 number that's embedded into that and how that's a representation of the fact that uh, Rome owns pretty much commerce and all that. that you, in this country, and many other countries like the United States of America, you can't you can't purchase a home. You can't uh, you know if you want to get a bank accounts, if you want to get um, uh, a driver's license, you need to have some kind of form of identification. In particular, the Social Security number. If you want to vote, uh, if you want to get a job. Certainly, we're under that. Um, another you know, way of looking at it, too, we talk about like the music industry and how it is pervasive at this point and overwhelming the evidence is that uh, those who make it big in the music industry have to sell their soul and to the devil. And uh, that's not just figurative. it seems to be the case. Uh, I've got Katy Perry who will be uh doing the halftime show with, at the Super Bowl and uh, she's a self professed Satanist. Um gotta perform for everyone again and perform another satanic ritual for everyone. Um and then you just just one example of countless others who, who are who quote unquote make it big in the music industry and how they have to uh be part of this whole new age agenda, this satanic agenda. Those who listen to their music, like I was, like I was one of those people day, earlier in my life, and uh, most of my life, actually. I was a musician and it's only recently that I've kind of woke up to the whole thing, but you know, look at all the big names, uh, bands like you too that are pushing all this um, luciferian and symbolism and, and agenda and uh, most of the music, most of the lyrics. Um, many argue that it's not even the lyrics that matter. It's actually the, the music itself, the rhythm and um, and the way it's all laid out. I mean, pretty much a lot of these songs are actually you know, curses, if you will, uh, casting spells. Certainly it's a waste of time. If you, if you spend your time and your energy being influenced, basically uh, indoctrinated and educated through the music industry that certainly they could qualify for being under the mark of the beast. Um, If you look at Hollywood or Hollyweird or whatever you want to call it, um, it seems like an awful lot of folks who have to make it big uh, have to be uh, pretty corrupt and sell their souls once again, so... Um you look at the public school system and the fact that uh nothing's being taught out of the Bible and that it's um a whole bunch of humanism and um uh, and um hey, an attack on the on the King James Bible, the Bible. Is that the mark of the beast? Well it certainly uh could qualify for that. Um you know I was thinking about to read more out of this realityblogger.wordpress.com and uh once again it would be from a well known gentleman uh it Clinton Richards Clinton Richardson um who is well known in the alternative media as far as exposing the legal system and trying to kind of break the code, if you will, and explaining how it all works. Is the legal system the mark of the beast? Well, you know, they certainly are, uh, they come from the beast, this beast system. They are, the legal system in the United States definitely is, a, its base is really. Roman canon law um, is the mark of the beast. Um, I'll address that a little bit more and then uh, I think uh, I'm going to start talking about well, what I want to do is I'm, somebody I trust I feel that he's someone who's spent a lot of time in the Bible trying to understand it uh, what, you know, the Bible, the Word of God how to present it to us in a biblical manner and uh, Nicholas from remnant of God.org has an article um, <clears throat> on the mark of the beast is about to be enforced and uh, he does a lot of quoting the scriptures and explaining biblically what the mark of the beast is from his standpoint and he could be very much right on the money um, but before I go to and go more to the secular <clears throat> uh, approach, if you will, or direction, and just read a little bit of what this uh, Clinton has to say and what his interpretation might be of it. <clears throat> of course, you know, in the end, uh, he really got it down. I mean, he doesn't do a lot of his quoting scripture um there's a lot of other sites out there uh, we could talk about as well going on in particular let me go here go to the new tab and look at this and and i'm sorry if this seems like a convoluted message this this series but you know i one of the reasons i wanted to go or do this is to really you know kind of do the best that we can um Look at um, the many different uh, uh, beliefs, uh, understandings that people have. Um, Yeah, this is because you know a lot of folks say, well, it's it's RDF, it's an RFID microchip, uh, a cashless society. Um the only thing I have a little bit of concern about this whole thing about the futuristic approach is people waiting and waiting, and waiting for the mark of the beast to to befall upon us. Um when it can already be upon us. And uh, I think it's wise of us to, to look at you know, our present day and in the past to really have a clearer understanding of the future if um, but more importantly our present because this is where we live now right now so and this comes about as far as this you see what happened it happens. Uh, A cashless society, will it eventually be? Uh, Certainly, the push is out there. Could it happen in our lifetime? Only time will tell. But um, let's look at what's presently going on. Hmm. Okay. Okay. from um, and um where should we start here yeah, national mark of the beast social security, i think we already read this a little bit about the hundred and thirty countries at the time that he had this article it has a social security insurance program. Uh, he talks about the International Social Security Association, ISSA. ISSA. IS I S S A. ISSA, <laughs> Um Yeah. Uh Social Security, Market the Beast, Market of the Beast. Mark of the Beast. He's upon all American citizens, and a federal corporation named the United States is that beast. The mark of the beast is the number. Uh, and he says, once again, the greatest misconception of biblical prophecies, that the thing refers to the Bible as the Antichrist. Well, we've already established in this show that the Antichrist, biblically, historically, and prophetically, is the papacy not, it's not really an opinion at this point. Um, the facts back that up. <clears throat> so, we know that the Antichrist is the papacy, and so many other fictional tales of said Antichrist will someday be incarnated in, as a single living entity. <clears throat> uh, a beast is in the guise of a human that will fool people of earth into loving and following the beast into a virtual hell enslavement on earth. Well, from, you know, for a lot of us who are awake or waking up, um, certainly doesn't feel like, a, it feels like a hell and it, uh, recognize the enslavement that's, that is around us. Um, and I don't think that's a stretch of my imagination. We talk about enslavement. And, um, well, let's go back to the article. And Clint says, but I am here to provide you with an alternative, more realistic view. I'm here to, to say that the biblical antichrist is already upon us, that with the papacy. That He's not saying it, but I'm saying that. It is not a single person, but a government run by and consented to by the people it is not a living breathing human or demon but is instead all humans via their consent to it by logic in that it is not the devil reincarnated but is in fact an incarnate body of legal codes that has created the mark of the beast through the people's ignorance of the law they are that they create I am here to say that that it is not God that will save us from the Antichrist, but only our collective non-consent through uh, non-participation in this system that will save us from ourselves. Well, I totally disagree with him on that. The Bible says otherwise. If it is true that God gave man the gift and the curse of having free will, and it must also be true that God only helps those themselves. On his mark of the beast, Title 42 U.S. Code entitled uh, Public Health and Welfare, we can literally find the roots of the evil mark of the beast called Social Security. Thus, Title 42 is not statutory law, but is in actuality prima facie law, consent of the governed required. The implementation of the legal code is exactly what we'd expect from the beast, as federal United States corporation. And I think that part of the problem with Lant is, um, for, for, you know, that the United States is only a facet, an element, a participant of the beast system, this global beast system. And it is not THE system. So, as we can see, looking at it from Clint's point of view, a more more secular point of view, he's feeling, and of course a lot of people feel, and I keep hearing over and over again, that it's the United States of America, the government, you know, uh, that is the beast. But, It totally neglects, you know, the whole rest of the world (laughs) now, doesn't it? Section 66 of the Social Security Act requires every state as federal um, insular possessions to obtain a person's, uh, and then this says, in quotes, number that is attached to the name in quotes. And the number and name are in all capital letters of that person before such things as a license to work, drive, marry, or other state services, privileges, that rights, are granted, of which now, now include federal grants and emoluments of the state as revenue sharing for the promotion, of this enslavement via the number. In other words, a natural born citizen of the United States of America cannot work in the federal United States jurisdictional, jurisdictional territory, the federal United States, without being marked by the Social Security number, the number of the beast. For those of you that do not understand the difference between the two governments and as citizens, you are required to obey both, please read what the Supreme Court's opinion of this fact is here. Okay, quote, the people of the United States resident within any state are subject to two governments one state and the other national. But there need be no conflict between the two, the power which one possesses, the other does not. They are established for different purposes and have separate jurisdictions. Together they make one whole and furnish the people of the United States with a complete government ample for the protection of all their rights and brackets, privileges at home and abroad. True, it may sometimes, have, sometimes happen that a person is amendable to both jurisdictions for one or the same act. It is the natural consequence of a, of a citizenship which owes allegiance to two sovereignties and claims protection from both. The citizen cannot complain because he has voluntarily submitted himself to such a form of government. Supreme Court, a 92S-551, U.S. versus Kirkshank. Well, you know, part of that problem there, of course, and that legal definition is is that you and I were... uh, were we actually did we voluntarily submit ourselves? Uh, of course, that's not the case. And then he we, we, last show, and I read this in the last show, so just continuity, I'm reading it again. Then he quotes from 3 Nephi 8, which actually means that Clint is a Mormon. So now this is, explains another aspect of Clint's approach: is that because he doesn't really know the Bible. He knows the Book of Mormon, and being an ex-Mormon myself, I know this to be the case. Um, the emphasis on the Book of Mormon, not the Bible. So, the Bible, uh, the King James Version, is just there supposedly to support the, the Book of Mormon, or you know, two books supposed to be you know, complement each other. But we can go down a long, lengthy. Program about that, and I imagine some point I will address that as far as you know what Mormons really believe. But um, needless to say, we're now talking about a man who does not know the Bible. That does not mean that he doesn't have some valid points. But when we're talking about the mark of the beast in Revelation 13, we have to take that in consideration and that he is looking at this as more of a temporal, sexual... A sec, sec, <laughs> sexual, I didn't mean to say that. Um, uh, what am I trying to say, folks? Um, uh, whatever, you know what I'm saying. A temporal, more earthly, worldly view than the Bible itself, a more biblical. So, uh, while I can choose to not consent to the mark of the beast... And the social security number, the beast has made it virtually impossible to work right, spend money, live legally without this number within the corporate world of the jurisdiction of the beast. Of course, now we do know that a, the beast is, we're talking about a political system, but when we read the Bible, it's also referring to uh, an imperial system as well. And as much as people like to think that the United States, the United States of America, is some kind of empire, um, when we compare uh, the empire of the United States to empires of old, um, we've got a long ways to go before that actually is the case. Um, now, of course, this country is using. The legality, if you will, a legal system and uh, a monetary system, to conquer an awful lot of the world. Yes, I and mean, then we do have this great military might and this military apparatus, this military complex that can, you know, cause re- wreak havoc and and very good at destroying things. But as far as affecting effectiveness, as far as um. Global imperialism, uh, you know, <clears throat> obviously it's much more, more complicated than just dropping bombs on people and uh, no matter how much they're laced with uh, uh, depleted uranium, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, And yeah, you've got all these different technologies. They're, they're, they're ramping up to control us on a physical level, a temporal level. Um, sectarian, or, yeah, sectarian, is what I'm trying to say, um, or secular level, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, it's still, when we look at the Bible itself, now we're talking about a spiritual or religious uh, understanding of the Mark of the Beast. So, it's certainly it's worth our time to spend some time understanding. How temporarily the, this beast system is enslaving us, but if we negate the Bible and just or just you know, or just vice versa, without understanding uh you know how the world will actually works, so we can uh, certainly can miss the miss the big picture and miss what's right in front of our face. So okay. um... Okay, and uh, as a corporation, any uh, kind, including that of uh, being a person with a number, that business must comply with now established state and federal laws to continue a, to legally do incorporated business in the state which is within the federal district of the federal United States, a.k.a. the beast. In short, the ability uh, to not consent to this mark is nullified by the beast through the legal code that makes those without the number unable to properly support themselves or work without the mark. Section 666 of Title 42 Clearly lays out this authority and jurisdiction. Now, you this, obviously, Section 666, uh, knowing the prevalence of the Bible and being part of our history, and knowing that the Jesuits who run the show of this country know about the Bible and know about this number, obviously, the number was deliberately chosen. And um, how much of it is just mess with our heads? How much of it is something even much more sinister? Once again, only time will tell. Um, But it's clear it was deliberate. It just doesn't happen by accident. So it just didn't happen by accident, let's just say. Section 66 of Title... 42 CLEAR lays out the authorities and jurisdiction, though the majority of this code is referring to paternal suits of child support, it is important to understand that this power can be applied to anyone through such tools as due process and other abusive authorities. To understand the true significance of Section 6661, one must understand that through the due process of the bar association and the court system, it is the opinion of all courts, municipal or federal, district, that you do not own your children alone, and that your, ch- your children are literally owned by the beast, the state. And this is pretty devastating for me, being a father. Um, Knowing that I end up doing this, once again, out of ignorance. But of course, I'm not going to recognize this. So oh, I hope this guide will recognize this. So that there is no doubt of this being true, please review my previous article here uh, Do You Own Your Children? Um, And uh, yeah, why don't we do that? So let's look at this article. Do you own your your child? That's what it's named on the article. This might seem like a strange question to most, but the answer is even stranger and more terrifying to comprehend. When a question like this is posed, we the people often look to our legislators and our Constitution for the answers, as esoteric and interpretable as those answers may be, but without the rose-colored glasses, we can actually read with our own eyes what the answer to this question is from the eyes and opinions of our government. Before you can truly attain the answer, To this question, though, and comprehend how it applies to you and your children, you must first temporarily suspend your emotion, your idealism, and your beliefs. For when we refer to law, these things do not apply, and when it is a corporation that writes these laws, morals, ethics, and values, go... These laws, morals, and ethics and values go out the window. Anger, though, for the purpose of this information you are about to receive is permitted and requested. First of all, let's clarify that what we are about to see is the opinion of the court system, courts, Do not offer judgment, only opinion. The justice, not the judges of the Supreme Court, as well offer nothing but opinion, which then becomes what a bar association considers to be public policy or public opinion. The bar copyrights these opinions, then misleadingly calls it the law. The side effect of being a consenting citizen of the United States Corporation is that these copyright codes are applied to you with what the U.S. Code itself calls prima facie law, law which derives its authority from presumed consent. Therefore, all branches of government technically operate under presumed law, meaning that the consent of the governed is automatically assumed in all legal matters and decisions based on court opinion. This, unfortunately, applies to all contracts made with or on behalf of the state. One of those contracts is called the marriage license. Yours and your spouse signed on the state-sanctioned and federal registered document signifies a consent-based contract between all three parties, you, your spouse, and the state. But do not take my word for it. Let's see what the court system offers in their opinion about the subject. First, let's visit Illinois' Appeal at Court Judgment from 1979, Appeal at Court, uh, Illinois' number 5 97 dash zero one zero eight. Marriage is a civil contract into which there are three parties, the husband, wife, and the state. Uh, von Koten versus von Koten one fifty four n period E period one four six continued. When two people decided to get married, they are required to first procure a license from the state. If they have children of this marriage, they are required by the state to submit their children to certain things such as a school attendance and vaccinations. Furthermore, if at some time in the future the couple decides the marriage is not working, They must petition the state for a divorce. Marriage is a three-party contract between man, woman, and the state. Uh, Lenneman versus Lenneman. One, Illinois, APP period, second, 4850, comma, 116, N period, E period, second, 182, 183, 1953, citing Von Coltan versus Von Kuten 323, Illinois, 323, comma 326, comma 154, and capital N period, capital E period, 46, 1926. The state represents the public interest in the institution of marriage <clears throat> sounds very Romanistic, Romanesque to me and then it goes some more of this Lenin comma one Illinois period uh, capital A P P, period second at 50 comma 116 capital N period E Priority second at 183, 1953 continued. The public interest is what allows the state to intervene in certain situations to protect the interests of the members of the family. The state is like a silent partner, and the family who is not active in everyday running of the family but becomes active and exercises this power and authority only when necessary to protect some important interests of the family life. Taking all of this into consideration, the question no longer is whether the state has an interest or place in disputes such as one at bar, but it becomes a question of timing and necessity. Also, this certain this case law states the state has a wide range of power for limiting parental freedom and authority in things affecting the children's welfare or the child's welfare. In fact, the entire familial familial relationship involves the state. Prince, comma one twenty excuse me, three twenty one uh, U period S period at 167 comma S period CT period at 442 comma 88 L period ED period 645. And then he gives a source of a law case. FindItLaw.com, Illinois' Court of Appeals, etc. Well, now, the the courts sure do seem to offer the opinion that your child is owned by the state. But heck, what should we, the people, not people with a capital P, expect? When such authority and jurisdiction is just arbitrarily handed over to a bunch of uh, attorneys running around in black muumuhs, <laughs> by the way, it's very similar to what you would, you know, the priest the priesthood, right? Roman Catholicism priesthood, yeah. Roman Catholic canon law, Roman Catholic canon law with little wooden hammers yelling that they rule supreme in their houses of judicial worship simply because the state allows them to presume such authority and jurisdiction. I suppose those people, uh, lowercase p, who consent to the charade get just what they deserve, slavery, through a bondage contract well i don't know if that's fair clint you know most of us have not been including myself have been properly educated in law and of course i understand the court system will see otherwise but uh it always will be that case you know it's uh but the truth is, is that we've been we haven't been properly trained. And so, but then when the president of a of the country is also a lawyer, along with his wife, for that matter, more than half of all U.S. presidents, fifty six out of a hundred senators, over thirty five percent of congressmen. Both Speaker of House and most of the state governors in office today are all bar attorneys slash lawyers. I suppose we shouldn't be at all surprised that the opinion of the Bar Association is the law of the land. Of course the above opinion is not just some isolated case. This opinion is quite general in its purview. And quite common in its legal application. In fact, it is the very basis of criminal racket, of the criminal racket we call the dreaded Children Protective Services, CPS, which claims its overarching authority from the Federal Health and Human Services, HHS as it legally kidnaps your children so where else can we find such blatant power abused so blatantly how about the case of meadows versus meadows august 2008 in the court of civil appeals of uh, uh, alabama the primary control the primary control and custody of infants is with the government, and that's in quotes. Tillman versus Roberts, 108, SO, period 62. There is no wider area for the exercise of judicial discretion than that of providing for and protecting the best interests of children. X Part uh, Porter Henley comma 460 uh capital s o period <clears throat> second 167 uh alabama 1984 the court stands in the position of parents paternal of or pater patera pateri of children uh yeah. i think this is errors versus kelly comma two eighty four alabama three twenty one comma two twenty four capital uh, less O period second uh six hundred seventy three 1969, we held that the best interests of the child took precedence over the parent's right to travel. Everett, comma, 660, uh, SO, period, um, second at 601-02, In 1984, the Court of Appeals of Idaho ruled that the state had a compelling governmental interest that justified restricting the residence of the custodial parent, holding that the best interest of the child had priority over the parent's right to travel. Ziegler v. Ziegler, uh, 107, Idaho 527, Six ninety one P. Period second, seven seventy three, Idaho appeal. Period nineteen eighty five, citing Carlson versus Carlson, comma eight, Con appeal. Second, five sixty four, comma sixty one P. Period second, eight thirty three, nineteen Eighty-three, note the word interests, in comma When it is used by the courts on behalf of the state, in commas, should be considered here to be defined in layman's terms as the monetary interest in what the state considers one of its tra- uh, tradable commodities. For... To a for-profit government, people are, that's a small p, considered legal persons with a small p, and their value is not in flesh and blood, but in the labor and tax. Persons are the original form of legal tender. Clinton. Continue. Parents. Parent, uh, parent Petria, literally parent of the country refers traditionally to rule of rule excuse me rule of state as sovereign and guardian of persons under legal uh, disability. Yeah, well, That doesn't make much, it doesn't make me feel too good. <laughs> X Part today uh balance, comma, five fifty SO, period second, nine eighty six, comma, nine eighty eight, and period one, Alabama, period. Uh, 1989 quoting Black's Law Dictionary uh, 1003 5th uh, edition 1979 pursuant there quotes now pursuant to the parent p- portray doctrine the primary control and custody of infants is with the government to be delegated as of course to their natural guardians and protectors, so long as such guardians are suitable persons to exercise it. <clears throat> so, it goes on, it's a very lengthy article, and I think we've got the point, and, um, well, it's not that long. Well, it's mostly comments, so maybe we can, I don't know if I want to put you through all this, Let's see what he says. Well, there you have it. Even the Supreme Court... And this is... Oh, okay. So if he does differ from the Supreme Courts... um, Well, I guess I will read the rest of it. Ex parte rights... Right, comma, 225 Alabama... Two twenty, comma, two (laughs) twenty two, one forty two SO period six seventy two, six seventy four, nineteen thirty two. See also Fletcher versus Preston at twenty two twenty six Alabama, six sixty five, comma, one forty eight SO period one thirty seven, nineteen thirty three. Uh, Striplin versus were 36 Alabama, period, um, 87, 1860. In other words, the state is the father and mother of the child, and the natural parents are not entitled to custody except upon the state's benefits... Excuse me. Except upon the state's (laughs) benefits... I don't know why I can't say that word. The state's beneficent, beneficent excuse me, beneficent. I hate this MS. <laughs> I do. It just really makes me tongue tied. It's getting worse and worse as time goes on. Beneficent, beneficent recognition that natural Paris presumably will be the best of its citizens to delegate its custody custodial powers the law evolves the custody of infant child children upon their parents not so much upon the ground of natural right in the latter as because the interest of the children and the good of the public will as a general rule be thereby promoted. Chandler versus Wetley Alabama period two hundred six, comma, two hundred eight, comma, one hundred eighty nine, SO period seven fifty one, comma, 1939, quoting Striplin and where thirty six Alabama at 89. So gives you the source here where you could find this once again, uh, case law fine com. So it's caselaw.finelaw.com and Alabama Court of Civil Appeals. And then he says, "Wait a minute, you say this doesn't sound very constitutional to me." Oh, you mean that mythical and more importantly Um, in um, brackets in court of opinion document that you believe gives you rights silly rabbit tricks are for kids in reality everything that happens is in fact constitutional as long as the court brackets uh, the attorney in a black moo <laughs> says it is constitutional from within its, in brackets, his or her opinion. In the end, you have only one right. The right is the right of non-consent. Consent Consent is the most important legal term you can possibly ever comprehend. But don't take my word for it. Here are a few more incidents of case law which let you know that the Constitution simply does not apply to you in the corporate world of commercial in brackets, copyrighted code, comma, but indeed no private person has a right to complain by uh, suit in law on the ground of a breach of Constitution. Of the Constitution, the constitution it it is true is a compact, but he is not a party to it and <clears throat> the quotes quotes uh, Peddleford comma Fay and company versus mayor and um, Alderman Alderman of the city of savannah fourteen 14- Georgia, period, 438, comma 520. Note, this is not common now, in quotations, excuse me, and it's from Clint. <clears throat> Remember the word person, in parentheses, or case P refers to your veil of artificial personhood, your straw man, if you will. The court will never refer to you in the sense that you are a living, breathing, sentient being with God-given rights that cannot be taken away. But instead it relies on your presumed consent as the physical representation of your fiction, your corporate self, and then person a comma is defined, personal capital P for our most word, and the U.S. Code as an uh, 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 quote, I should, should be saying a quote probably. Person and quote is a, uh, defined in the U.S. Code as an quote, individual, association, corporation, group. Um, And to quote, etc. It is not defined as "quote per people" unless those people are a group of "quote persons." In which case, as in the Constitution, the word "people" in quotes is capitalized, i.e., "we the people," referring to the men who signed the Constitution. And who were the only men for which the Constitution held under contract with any authority? The Constitution has no authority except that for which the court passes judgment in (brackets opinion upon) <clears throat> the people of the United States resident within any state are subject to two governments, one state, the other the national. But there need be no conflict between the two. The powers which one possesses, the other does not. They are established for different purposes and have separate jurisdictions. Together they make one whole and furnish the people of the United States with a complete government ample for the protection of all their rights at home and abroad true it may sometimes happen that a person is amenable to both the jurisdiction for one or the same act it is the natural consequence of the citizenship which owns or owes allegiance to two sovereignties and claims protection from both The is cannot complain because he has voluntarily submitted himself to such a form of government. Supreme Court, comma, 92, U.S. 551, uh, U.S. versus Krukshanker. Well, there you have it, he says. Even the Supreme Court, which has mistakenly translated the word supreme to mean that these seven appointed justices <clears throat> who pass opinion upon the masses of consenting citizens, quote, are more supreme than even God himself. These men and women who are not voted into these positions of power in any way by the people but instead are appointed by the President of the United States the corporation. These self imposed deities clearly state here that they are the law of the land, that that the in natural quote natural consequences of the citizenship and quote is for the people to be under their supreme opinion. Well I for one do not voluntarily submit to the opinions of these megalomaniacs any longer. And for the record, as a free man with God, as my witness, I do not consent. FYI, for your information, stay tuned, subscribe, subscribe. And do whatever you need to do to monitor future postings for my blog. Okay. Special thanks to Bert for all that he is, that he does to open my eyes. Please visit his YouTube page, and um, it says YouTube.com/user/slash-user-slash. Uh, slash, and do not consent 83 question mark. Mm-hmm. OB equals video dash Mustang base whatever so whatever that's worth if you can even get to that Clint Richardson Friday December the sixteenth two thousand eleven so as you can see there uh, certainly whether we intended it or not whether we gave our consent <laughs> or not. The beast, as quite considers to be the United States government or the United States or the corporation of the United States, has certainly put their mark on us, <clears throat> the mark of the beast, Section 66 of Title 42. Um, so there's another aspect of it. I mean, the more and more you study this and the Mark of the Beast, and one of the more interesting things and overwhelming realizations one gets is that how satanic the whole world system is, whether it's the United States government or the UN or the Vatican or whoever it may be, Satan, this is Satan, you know, Satan's running. It's you know raining, and of course, our Father, God is allowing this to happen. He, he God, he could stop it at any time, but <clears throat> Satan seems to be um, the one in charge right now, and God's allowing it to happen. So, and it doesn't seem to be getting much better, one way or the other. So, <clears throat> where are we at with this? So we've been kind of about an hour. Um... Okay. Another aspect of what could be the mark of the beast, mark of the beast and the Sabbath <clears throat> and he shall cause all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark on the right hand or on their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save that he that had the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Revelation thirteen. And this is for marktothebeast.net. <clears throat> then it's mark slash space slash mark slash uh, Sabbath. So now there's another aspect that could be, could not be. If you look at the the Dark Ages, when Rome was ruling um, over um, Western Europe. You certainly could not do anything unless you pledge your your allegiance, and that, of course, that's through baptism and partaking of the Eucharist and the sacrament, um, and being a, some sort of a an active member of the church. Uh, that being the church I'm talking about, of course, is the Roman Catholic Church. And that uh, Sunday laws or blue laws were mandatory, and of course, there's been an issue that it's been going on forever. And uh, blue laws have been brought up over and over again in this this country. So far, they have not been instituted. Will this be the mark of the beast? The mark of the beast, I should say since we are discovering that there are many marks of the beast, and it seems like it's some way or form, at least temporarily right now, we are all under the mark of the beast in one form or the other. Um, I mean, the closest person that I know that is the furthest away from that would be Nicholas Arthur, which I I should get back to, I'm supposed to have a show two weeks ago with them, but because of my MS and all that, I've been having a rough week, and as I'm just now starting to bounce back And on some new medication. Um, and it's a bit of a drag, but i got to take a shot every day of Copaxin, and hopefully that will help to minimize or reduce the amount of exacerbations or relapses that I have. Because it's really a drag, and life's hard enough that it is for me. And um, I have to say, it's not hard for you folks anybody's going to listen to this show. Uh, um, but for me, it's basically uh, it's a bit of a challenge, though. So. And uh, yeah, I used to be the poster child. I used to do the walls protocol, and nutrition and all that stuff, and then I ended up having a major relapse or exacerbation last year, and then I'm just like, you know, that I discovered the terror herself ended up breaking her arm and having a relapse, and of course my relapse started from uh, I got the shingles, and that's what set me off, so enough of me. Mark of the Beast and the Sabbath. On the previous page we found that the Mark of the Beast is Satan's counterfeit law, that goes against the law of God, so maybe we should if we can go back to that previous page, maybe that's what I should do. Well, I gotta find what that previous page is. Well maybe we should get the you know, Number of the Beast, Babylonian Solar System. Hmm. I know it's for this, like I'm I'm in it you know it's like an hour plus, and I wonder if I really should even go into this. Um Well, maybe we ought to, since we're talking about legalities and law. And this is, uh, <clears throat> why not? Okay. But know this is more the a way and of course, it sounds to me like these folks might be uh, affiliated with some kind of sabbaturian or outfit, maybe, um, in seven since the or Reformers. I'm not sure. I haven't really done much research on this, but yeah, I get uh, a picture of uh, the um, uh, the American flag, and then of course it has got the um, the papal tiara or, or triple crown, the you know, famous symbol of the triple crown over the gold and silver key crossing. Which, if you, by the way, you know that symbol for skull and bones organization, well, the the, the crossing of the bones and the skull on top, and then it's basically, you know, it's, just, it's mimicking the same thing that we see, the symbol for the papacy. And you're going to find out that the folks who are part of the skull and bones organization have some, most of them, if not all of them, have... Roman Catholic affiliations of some sort. An awful lot of them end up becoming Knights of Malta. All right, back to this article. Uh, On the previous page, we we found that the Mark of the Beast is a Satan-Conflict law that goes against the law of God. And uh, next next episode, by the way, uh, episode 6, I will be doing uh, Remnant of God's McNicholas' uh, article, which is much very lengthy and in-depth going through the scripture. So I think I'm going to hold off and not read his, but I will read this article to prep us and get us going for that. So, And, of course, we'll go back to Clint's work and study more and more about that, because, well, it's all relevant. Uh, quote, of course, the change, brackets, from Sabbath to Sunday, was her act. Let me ask We also see that the Roman Catholic Church, the Antichrist system, boasted about changing the Sabbath day of God from the seventh day to the first, this could this be the mark of the beast? Well, the papal church did say it was her mark of authority to change God's law. Quote, Of course, the change from Sabbath to Sunday was her act. The act is a mark of her ecclesiastical power and authority in religious matters. <clears throat> Signed by H. F. Thompson, the Chancellor of Cardinal Gibbons, and a letter dated November the 11th, 1895. Sunday is our mark of authority. The Church is above the Bible, and this transference of Sabbath observance is proof of that fact. Catholic Record of London, Ontario, September 1st, 1923. The Sabbath and the Mark linked. If you study the little horn power of Daniel 7, you will find that the Antichrist system, who thinks it has power to change God's laws, the little horn Antichrist power is none other than the papal church of Rome, Roman Catholic Church. Now, if we look at a verse in Revelations 14, we will see a connection with the Sabbath commandment. Revelation 14 verses 6 and 7, and I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on earth, and to every nation, kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, fear God, give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea, and the foundations of the water. The three angels of Revelations 14 represent God's people, messengers on earth proclaiming his truth during these end times. Notice the word that this messenger uses above. Worship him that made heaven, earth, and the sea and the waters. Does God have a law that tells us who it is we worship and obey, Exodus 20, verse 11. And in the sixth day the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea, and all that in them is, and rest on the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and, and hallowed it. Do we see the connection there? This message in Revelation 14 which also warns about receiving the mark of the beast in revelations fourteen uh, nine verse t- verse nine and ten is pointing us back to creation and the fourth commandment, why because the Sabbath commandment points us to our creator God and is the only commandment which tells us. uh. Who it is we worship. So, I guess I'll read it. 14 verses 9 and 10. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice If any man worshiped the beast in his image and received his, his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angel and in the presence of the Lamb. So if you look at this verse, one of the things we do need to think about, and it's, you know, not, you know following from chapter uh, 13, um, and we know, you know, which we have read numerous times during this uh, study. But we're talking about uh, the mark of the beast once again. Um, and he calls both great and small, and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their forehead, and in their in their right hands, excuse me, and in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save he that had. The mark and the name of the beast and the number of his name. Here is a little And let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 660, uh, 603 scores and six. So, but we go back now to uh, chapter 14, verse. Uh, Nine in particular, and it's talking about if any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead and in his hand. So, you know, as we talked earlier about Clint Richardson's work, it's temporal power. You look at the the two keys that the Pope claims to possess one heavenly power, one of temporal power, you, you know, ecclesiastical power. Uh, beast governmental political power um you know you look now the market the beast has something to do with worship now are, are as uh, myself and you and whoever is, will listen to this you know are you worshiping the United States government? Well, some people would say that you are, but are you really? Are you just under uh, the influence, control, uh, subjection of this governmental system? And surely it's a mark of a beast, but are you actually worshiping him? I guess something you have to determine for yourself. Um, but you remember that this. Worshiping, as far as the Bible is concerned, is something much deeper than just men's laws. There's God's laws, too. so Something to think about. So as we go on with this study of the Mark of the Beast and realize how complicated it really is, and it's much deeper than a first glance... That's for sure. So when we honor the true biblical Sabbath, the seventh day of the Saturday, we are giving honor, worship, and obedience to Jehovah as a true God who is the creator of the heavens and the earth. So which which command of God is Satan going to counterfeit? The Sabbath day, of course, through the counterfeiting of the commandment and and introducing a false Sabbath day. And I know this is a really hot, red hot issue, and I have listened to many folks from both sides of the aisle and they're debating and their arguments for why we should or should not keep the Sabbath. What I understand the Sabbath is today for us. And I don't see it as a, a a traditional man-made religious act. Resting in the Lord on the Sabbath day. It really means that. It means you shut out all the things of the world and you rest in the Lord. And by the way, going to church on Saturday morning is one of the things or the ways of the world. Especially when you... Um, go into a church, say, maybe it was a Sunday Adventist or whatever it may be, and you're uh, singing their songs, barely any scriptures being read. Um, you are basically, your attention is on a man and whoever else is up there behind the podium. They're on the stage. Uh, it's really, once again, more about you know being part of the group. And uh, we have that for... Six days you know the other six days of the, uh, the uh, of the week you know the Sabbath day is really literally there to rest in the Lord now people will make all sorts of things well you know you know it's about work or this or that or whatever you know um, and then, you know if you're gonna honor the Sabbath and you can't do it you know gotta kind of go do everything that's in the Old testament and uh <laughs> and, and turn in some legalistic ritual, because that's their mindset. They're already in a mindset of being legalistic to begin with. So, but if you really look at it to this day, you know, is it really what God wants? Does God want us to, you know, if we're performing for men? If we're going through this whole these rites and rituals and traditions to be seen by men, are we actually resting in the Lord It's a questions should be asked, and uh it's not my place to 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 judge anybody on the Sabbath, and how do you go about it but uh, uh I like what Tom Fers says and and others like him with just resting in the Lord, and that is it's you know turn off the television um try not to you know read a bunch of the, you know the, the internet try not to read all the th- do not read all the things in this world study the scripture study the, the word of god um uh, pray uh spend time with your family um people will say well you, you can't cook dinner you can't cook lunch well um i don't know if you can or cannot um, there certainly are times when I've had to and there's times when I haven't. Am I right about that? I don't know. Um, I know a lot of subject admins and all that would say you can't even cook dinner or lunch and all that. But, uh, you know, if I need to feed my son, I need to feed my son. So I'm like, I'm going to feed my son. (laughs) And, uh, (coughs) uh, you know what I mean? I'm going to take care of him. I'm going to, you know, take care of my family responsibilities and, um, you know, if I'm wrong, God, please forgive me. But um, what else can one do? So, but I, I don't have to work. I don't have to go to work. I don't have to go shopping. I don't have to um, go to the grocery store. I don't have to do a lot of things. Um, so I minimize my things of this world. The best of my ability. and uh, Am I 100% it? Do I fail? Sure. Well, thank goodness that it's not about so, the Selvetic issue. It's more of just a showing, trying to show respect and honor to my God and that through grace and, and faith... saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ my belief in Jesus Christ is what saves me and then it's a matter of you know if I am a follower of God the one and true living God and then, um, then I guess I, I want uh, for me personally I want to honor him to the best of my ability and of course it's <clears throat> yeah, uh, it's it's If it was about saving myself, it would be, futi- be futile. It would be hopeless. But I think it's just about honoring my Lord of Lords, my King of Kings, uh, my King of Kings, and that's um, how I'm go about it. And I haven't seen anything in the Bible that says to do otherwise. And if man feels differently about it, then... I don't know. I mean, it's not my place. I I personally don't feel like making someone else foul god the way I feel for what I understand should be felt how it should be. I mean um yeah, so anyways but going back to this, we're talking about the Sabbath, and apparently the particular institution, that becomes a Roman Catholic institution, feels that it is their mark of authority, ecclesiastical authority, about changing the Sabbath um, uh, to the Sunday, making it the Lord's Day. Um, maybe there's some relevance to it. It's an interesting debate. And it's an interesting, uh, well, it's more than that. It's a very important debate, really, if we believe in God, if we believe the Bible, to will be true. So. And, uh, you know, making a stance one way or the other is not about winning friends. It's about doing what we can, to our best of our ability, understand what it is to honor our true living God, the creator of the heaven and earth. Okay, there is a group of people known as God's Remnant Church on Earth who are represented by these angels in Revelation 14. They are giving the warning to the world to worship God who created the heavens and the earth and the sea and to keep the seventh-day Sabbath commandment. This issue is the mark of the beast. It is all to do with worship. Who... We who will we choose to worship and obey? Will we choose to worship and obey God or keep and keep his commandments, including the Sabbath day commandment, or will we choose to worship Satan by obeying the Roman Catholic Church and keeping her Sunday Sabbath instead? <laughs> Remember, it is only those who keep God's commandments and the faith of Jesus that do not receive the mark of the beast, as confirmed in Revelations 14.12. And what does it say in 14.12? And here's the patience of the saints, and they that keep the commandments of God and the faith in Jesus. Revelations 13.16, He causes both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand and their foreheads. So the mark is... In the forehead and hand, now apply this to the Sabbath. Exodus 28, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Where do we remember it? For in our foreheads? Our mind? Exodus 29-10, six days shall not labor and do all thy work from the seventh day, is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God? It is thou in it thou shalt not do any work, nor thou nor thy son, the maidservant, thy uh, excuse, it, nor thy daughter, nor thy maids, manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. With what do we work? Our hands. Are we seeing this important truth? Those who make a free will decision in their minds to give their allegiance to the beast, the Roman Catholic Church, and keep their Sunday Sabbath instead of remembering to keep God's uh, Seventh day Sabbath, where we see the mark of the beast in their foreheads. Those who simply bow under economic pressure. Of not being able to buy or sell where we see the mark in the hand and just look at the state of the world today look at the economic troubles of the nation's unemployment debt look at how people rely so much on the lifestyles that they have built up entertainment food having a good time Satan is bringing about a position in the world where people will welcome the mark of the beast with open arms in order to continue buying and selling. Do those who keep the Sunday as Sabbath have the mark of the beast now? No, because Sunday needs to be enforced by law in order to become the mark. God still has many of his people within the Roman Catholic Church and other fallen churches and is calling his people out of these Sunday keeping churches, Revelation eighteen four, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not her plagues. So if God's people still in the Roman Catholic Church and other Sunday keeping Protestant churches, then they do not have the beast mark yet. But when the national Sunday law is in force in America throughout the world and throughout the world, then we will have a big decision to make. Do we reject that law, no matter how bad it gets, and keep God's law and receive his seal? Or do we accept the Sunday law of the papal church and receive the beast mark? Friend... Very soon we will all have a choice to make. Some are already making that choice because Sunday law has already been passed in certain places. No matter how much pressure you are put under, eternity is waiting for you if you just trust in God and keep His commandments, including the Seventh-day Sabbath commandment, and keep the faith in Jesus Christ. Please open your eyes to this truth and worship him who made heaven, earth, and all that is in them. So. Okay. Well, we could, um... It's an hour and a half, so probably enough to be listening to me for this session. But then, there, you know, we talk about more about the seal maybe that's what we'll do, the seal of God and and the mark connected. Um, So, you know, I don't know. Is is he right about that? Is it, you know, until it becomes absolutely, you know, the blue laws are still established kind of, you know, and enforced. And only then will it be the mark of the beast, you know, a lot of folks feel that way. Um, are we... If you're in a position like myself or and others like me who, who come to realize that nowhere in the Bible has said the Sabbath being removed, and especially in the New Testament, I can't find it anywhere, now, the argument would be, well, there's no word that's saying specifically that it should be kept. And there's no specific verse that i found that says specifically, absolutely, you must keep the Sabbath day. But it does say to keep God's commandments. And the commandments that we know, God. The ten commandments that we know. So being in a position that you know, knowing, and then if I go and worship in a church on Sunday, uh, does that change things? Does that now become the mark of the beast, or do we have to wait and technically until it's a man-made law, enforced by men, and by the beast? uh, I'll let you decide that one. I don't know. Maybe in this journey, as we look through it and and study, are we under the mark of the beast, that uh, maybe the case is that being in a position that a person like myself is in, that me going to church on Sunday would be literally taking the mark of the beast. Maybe not. Um not have a definitive answer on that. So, But, you know, we look at uh, when it comes to Clint's work, you know, on a temporal level, we can see for certain, being part of the Roman Empire, <clears throat> and I know that we have been conditioned in this country to think that somehow we are separate a separate entity, a separate country, but it's clearer today that we, <laughs> that's what I see it. For me, at least, that we have been and always have been part of the Roman Empire. And as uh, Clinton says, a, we're a corporation. Uh, or, or I would say, another say, a satellite state of Rome, the Roman Empire. Um, that's clearly, temporarily, uh, we start from the birth certificate. Uh, a wedding license and all the many, you know, a uh, social security card that uh, temporarily the uh, Rome, this Romish system, this image of Rome that we live under, um, is enforcing the mark of the beast upon us on a temporal. Now, as far as ecclesiastical, do we have to wait? Do we have to wait until it's in blue laws? Well, I don't know. Time will 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 tell on that one, but um, I I know that uh, I'd rather be safe than sorry. And, uh, and then you know this whole thing about Sabbath too. Then is how do how to actually observe the Sabbath? The truth of the matter, a lot of us wrestle with what that actually means. And uh, I know for me, I do not want to be part of man's religion. I don't want to go through all the man's traditions and, and rites and rituals in order to just feel like I'm keeping the Sabbath. I really want to, if i are going to do it, just my ability, uh, develop a uh, discipline of resting in the Lord and walking with the Lord and having a personal fellowship with my God not with man for if that's about fellowshipping with men then something is obscured and missed as far as my opinion is So, anyways this is uh, part 5 of Are We Under the Mark of the Beast and part 6 uh, we might read a little more on this from this website um, and and uh, you know, maybe we won't do this. We'll talk and uh, read about the thesealofgod.com, and then we're... I do want to get into... Uh, well, oh, where did it go? Anyways, Nicholas from Moon of God's article, because, you know, what I like about what Nicholas does. He really does put a lot of time with Scripture, um, defining things such as what is then in a biblical sense, you know, because, you know, I thought what has happened is a lot of us have gotten like confused and watered-down interpretation of what sin is from most of the churches out there. Um, and, etc. cetera. So, anyways. I think you'll get a lot of of that. It's a very long article, though. It, is, it looks to be... But um, it would be worth time reading. So, And then we'll go on there. So this is, you know, uh, I don't know how many parts of the series are going to be. So it is a work in progress. So. so anyways, everyone take care. God bless. Anybody who listens to this, God bless. And uh, hopefully you get something out of it. And I know it's a challenge to listen to something like this, but um may I give you the ability to listen to it and get something out of it so okay, take care bye bye.